Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. Hey everyone, uh, welcome. My name is Ron and it's good to be together today. I'm the lead pastor of Vital Point Church and uh, as probably you know, we're a multi-site church that uh, has sites in Poplar Hill, Exeter Clinton and in the future Forest and we are super excited about what God is doing through Vital Point Church. For the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about raising adults. Now, to be clear, we're not talking about the 25-year-old that's still in your basement and playing video games and raising that adult. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is this series is designed in a way to help us raise the children that we have. Now, I recognize that this conversation for some of us is maybe feeling a little bit irrelevant. Like you're like, I, I don't have any kids or I maybe hope to have kids one day or my kids are married and gone. And like we, my wife and I, our kids are gone. Uh, but some of us need to realize that this conversation fits into the greater picture of what is happening at Vital Point Church and what our hope is as we continue to move forward and reaching more young families and today we're going to talk about how to do this, and the next three weeks we're going to talk about do this from a biblical perspective. I need to set expectations, though. Expectations are critical in this conversation because we recognize that in three weeks, like how in the world do you cover parenting in three weeks? Like there's hundreds and hundreds of books written on this topic. And so I hope that you will understand that we get that this is a difficult conversation and that there's a diverse understanding of the family dynamics, all right? So we get that. So we're kind of setting the expectation for it. We want to cover it in three specific points. So basically, we're going to look at one is like, how do we help a child understand their identity, their God-given identity? Uh, how do we as parents in the complexity of this con- in this day in which we live as it relates to marriage? And then also week three is going to be about discipline. So we thought we'd choose the three easiest topics uh, for this conversation. Now, you may not fully agree with everything we say, and that's okay. I hope that you will examine these things, that you'll discuss these things. I know our connect groups are going to be diving in deeper on these things. And what I hope you'll do is just take a deep breath as we navigate this together. Now, why do we call it raising adults? Well, it's a good question. We called it that because in the middle of the parenting challenge, we can lose sight of the end goal. It's easy to be in the middle of it and realize that you're just in survival mode, right? And we lose the goal and the end result of developing resilient adults that can live in the context of the world in which we live in and also the complexity of what they might face. The approach you're going to take in raising your children often has the greatest impact as adults. Now, I I say that cautiously because you can invest in your children. You can be the best parent in the world. You score nine out of 10 on every aspect, but you can still have a, a child when they become an adult, maybe develop addictive patterns and behaviors that bring a sense of darkness into their life. Or maybe um, a son or a daughter ends up marrying a knucklehead and you're like, oh, well, I thought I did better than this. Or the complexity of all of it, we recognize that there's no guarantees, but our hope is is that we will be able to set ourselves up in understanding we're raising these adults. I'm also going to, so you know, uh, I'm going to be speaking from my own experience. So 
I have, my wife and I, we have two sons, David and Paul, and they're both married and out of the house and, and uh, they have their own lives and, and we really like them. I mean, you're supposed to love your kids, but we really like them. These two young men are incredibly smart. They're great leaders. They're husbands. Most of the time, they're decent human beings. And we really, really enjoy being around them. And the result of that is because their mom was so great, to be honest with you. Uh, she was fantastic. Me, uh, and navigating the complexity of being the dad, I had a hard time because I didn't have a dad growing up. I lost my dad when I was 11 years old and he died of cancer when he was 36. So for me, I didn't have the 24-7 figure, dad figure that I could base off. Now, you need to understand, I had some great male figures in my life. Uh, my uncle Paul, who actually became my dad for many, many years of my life, was a great role model, incredible help. But I didn't have that complexity and the beauty of having a 24-7 father in the house. Now, when I think about what we recognized in raising these two young men, um, we recall very clearly in the formative years of, you know, almost hitting double digits into adolescence, we recognized that we needed to start shifting our parenting style uh, from being a rule-based environment to being a value-based environment. And we started talking about things with them that would help them become healthy, resilient adults in the future. And so we started talking to them about things like, you want a phone. We're not paying for it. You got to get a job. You want to drive a car and have insurance. You got to, you know, get a job so you can pay for that. You get a speeding fine. You're paying for it, not us. And so we began to talk to them about those type of things. Even post-secondary education, like after high school, if you don't get a job and you're still living at home, you're actually going to be responsible for paying rent. And and that created interesting dynamics like uh, conversations around negotiating prices and so on. We understood the simple truth. Our job as parents was to guide them to adulthood so that they could face the challenges of being adults in the real world. That was what we realized our responsibility was. At Almost 19 years old, our oldest son, David, he no longer could live in the values of our home. And so we had a very tough discussion around the reality of him moving out. And so he got to that place where he decided, I am going to move out because I can't live under the values or even contribute to them. And it was interesting because uh, just before he moved out, he came downstairs from his bedroom one day and said, hey, mom and dad, I got a question for you. Do you think I can do this? And I'm like... Oh yeah, I believe that you can do this because we raised you to move out one day. Now we laugh about that and chuckle about that, but that was a reality. Parents, hear my words. If you are holding on to your children so tightly that they have become your identity, you miss out on your role you play in releasing them to become healthy, resilient adults. There's a verse, there's a few verses in the Bible that kind of help us with this. Psalm 127, verses three and four, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Children are assigned to us by God, and we are to steward and how we raise them. These little ones are a gift from God, and I know at times it feels like they're not, especially when they're fighting and arguing and throwing punches and they won't listen. When they rebel and they kind of push back. One time, our oldest son, David, we were sending him to his room for something. He says, on the outside, I'm going to the room. On the inside, I'm not. 
tough times, rebellious moments. It doesn't feel like they're a gift from God, but they are. They are a gift from God to us. But notice what the writer says. He says this, that they're like an arrow in the hands of a skilled warrior. In the day, a warrior would have developed the skill of shooting an arrow. It would have started as at a young age and then growing up and learning how to shoot this arrow from a bow. I mean, think about it today. It's going into hunting season. And those who are, some of my friends are, are bow and arrow hunters and, and they sit for hours in a tree waiting for this deer to come by or whatever. And they, and they stay up there, but they have the arrow and it's ready to go and they release it towards what? A target. He says that, that these children are like arrows in the hands of a skilled warrior for the release towards a target. Oftentimes in the middle of parenting, we lose the, the end goal of helping this person, this little human being become a strong, resilient, healthy adult down the road to, to release them. So when I think about this and we begin to dive in deeper on the responsibility of being a parent and raising them towards being an adult, we must understand this very simple truth understand the truth that God has given a design to each of these children that are given to us. And in their design, they begin to understand their God-given destiny. When we are starting to, we are starting to hear, listen to me on this. We are starting to hear a common thought that has been around for a while. And we see it in school systems and parenting styles that we can tell a kid that it can be whatever they want to be, and this is not true. We need to stop telling our children they can be whatever they want to be because the truth is they are not designed to be whatever or whoever they want to be. Each child has a design imprint within them, and the role of the parent is to help discover God's design imprint in their lives. Look at what David wrote, King David. He wrote this in Psalm 139, 139 verses 13 through, uh, 13 through 16. For you form me in, in, you form my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intrinsically woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. This is a powerful section of the Bible to give us a picture of of the writing and understanding under the direction of the Holy Spirit that when we are formed in the womb, God saw us, God knew us. Your design in the womb is not a mistake and there's an imprint of God on us. Nothing was hidden from him when you were being shaped in your mother's womb, nothing. Even your unformed substance, he says, even when you were that wee embryo, God saw you and knew you, that the days of his understanding of your life were, were in front of him even before you were born, even before you entered into this world. 
See, when we look at our children, there is a God imprint, his design, and the role we play as parents, whether you are a, a follower of Jesus, parenting style or, or not, is to become a student of our children so that they will know God's design for them in their lives. I want to illustrate this by King David, who actually wrote Psalm 139. I want to give you a bit of an illustration from David's life. David would eventually become the king of God's people. But at a very young age, David's identity, God's design was being revealed to him. David, as a young boy, was given the responsibility of taking care of his father's sheep. He was a shepherd. And in the process of learning to be the shepherd, his identity as a warrior was being shaped within him. David, on one occasion, is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. His father, Jesse, sent him to the front lines of the battle that was taking place. He was to bring provisions. He was going to go and check in and see what was going on. And when he arrives, God's people, the Israelites, are up against a giant named Goliath. You may have heard this story before or heard the phrase, a David and Goliath situation. This is where it comes from, from 1 Samuel 17. As he approaches, he realizes that this is an odd situation, that God's people were afraid of this particular giant. And David begins to ask questions and he begins to wonder what is going on here. And he himself begins to think at a very young age. Some say he might've been like 13, 14 in that age bracket where he begins to step forward and he says, I can take care of this. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 17, verses 31 through 36. When the words that David spoke were heard, he says, hey, I can take care of this. They repeated them before Saul. Someone went to Saul and said, hey, Saul, there's this young whippersnipper. He's here and he has some things to say about this. So Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are but a youth and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by the beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. David's identity was a shepherd caring for his father's sheep, but in the midst of that, his identity was being formed as a warrior as he fought against lions and bears. So when he gets to the battlefront, he doesn't think twice about this moment. He recognizes, I am made for this. This is my moment I have been preparing for to fight this giant. In the midst of this, it's fascinating that David's older brother begins to chirp him. You are nothing but a shepherd boy. You need to go back and care for your father's sheep. You can't fight this giant. You're not a warrior like me. And he tells him to go back. He begins to chirp him. He begins to, in some ways, bully him. This is interesting. Side note on this conversation when it comes to a child's identity. Jamie Winship in his book, Living Fearless, says this about the identity of a child. A person with an identity cannot be bullied. 
They can be beaten up and even killed, but they cannot, can't be bullied because they're not afraid. What happens when a child gets bullied? What happens to them? If they're not aware of their identity, they begin to take on the identity of the person who is bullying them. You're fat, you're weak, you're stupid, you have no friends. Yes, it hurts deeply and it is very complex and is a difficult path for a family to walk. But when a child understands their given identity from God, the bullying words cannot sink in. David's brother chirped him. You're nothing but a sheep herder. You're a shepherd. Go back and take care of that. You're not a warrior. Those words bounced off of David as his brother mocked him. Even King Saul, even King Saul said to David, fine, here's my armor. You're gonna wear this armor and you're gonna go and you're gonna fight this giant. And he tried it on. He's like, it doesn't fit me. And so he recognized in that moment that all he needed was the sling and a bag of rocks of smooth stones to take on this, to take on this giant. It is so easy at times to try to get our children to fit what we think they should be. We end up forming them into our image, not what God intended them for God's design in their lives. Let me illustrate it this way. From a fail as a parent, in my own life. Our youngest son, Paul, got right into dirt biking and, and uh, did some racing. And we just, I, we just I, I made no bones about it at that time. I was kind of living through him. It was just a, incredibly, such a courageous young boy on dirt bikes. And we had jumped up from a little four-stroke 50 to a KX60, which is a six-stroke, or sorry, a two-stroke. And um, I remember this KX60 moment at a friend's track. We were just by ourselves. And I remember saying to Paul, I believe you can do this jump. And it was a huge jump and it had a gap in the middle. It wasn't a tabletop. So it was a bit of a, a difficult jump for him, but I've believed that he could do it. I said, you come out of the corner, you twist the throttle and you just go for it. And it didn't go well. He actually landed on the face of the jump and he hit his face on the handlebars. And in that moment, I recognized that I was trying to get him to do something so that I could tell my friends that he did it. And I recognized in that moment as a parent failed that I was trying to make him into something that he was not prepared for. David had to get rid of the armor to defeat the giant. He defeated the giant because he lived into his identity. Winship in his book, Living Fearless, says that David had four particular words that defined who he was. He was a shepherd, a poet, a warrior, and a king. And anytime David functioned outside of those particular God-given identities, he had failure in his life. He didn't listen to his brother, and he didn't form into what King Saul wanted him to do. Listen to this proverb, Proverbs 22. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Sometimes Christian parents hear this verse in the wrong context. They think, well, I taught my child about faith and Jesus and the Bible and they're off the rails and they don't want anything to do with God. And this promise was, was given to us. And the reality is this is the wrong context of understanding this verse. Train up a child in the way they should go. The role of the parent is to be the student of the child and guide them into the expression of God's design in their life. Let me say that again. The role of the parent is to be a student of their child and then guide them into the expression of God's design for their life. I saw a glimpse of this with my oldest granddaughter recently. Recently. 
She was playing and I was at their house visiting and she, and her little sister Rue was playing with Tatum's doll and, and Tatum wandered her doll back and Rue wasn't having any of it. It was kind of a fun moment for me as a grandparent to watch this go down. And, and so Tatum very graciously, it was amazing to me. I was so proud of her. She went and got Rue's doll and the little stroller and brought it over to Rue and said, here, this is for you. And Rue very quickly went, okay. And then Tatum took her, her doll for herself. In that moment, I thought, in this tense moment, she was a, key, a peacekeeper. In that moment, I just, no, it's not my, my job to help, you know, Tatum understand her God-given identity. That's her parents' role. And I was able just to say, thank you so much, Tatum. That was really nice for what you did. Parents, listen to me. The greatest gift that you can give your children is a secure understanding of God's design for their lives. I'm convinced that one of the reasons we're seeing mental health rise in, in teenagers and young adults and even in children, apparently statistics are showing us that one out of three children are dealing with anxiety. One of the reasons why I believe this is happening is because we have told children for much of their lives they can be whatever they want to be, and the truth is that that's a lie. It's a lie. And I believe that this lie is actually from the enemy that can be couched back in Genesis when the evil one in the form of a serpent convinced Adam and Eve to disobey God because he was saying, you can be whatever you want to be. See, we look at this phrase and telling our kids and our systems are telling our kids, you can be whatever you want to be. And it sounds so good, doesn't it? But the reality, it's a lie hidden within the feeling of being good. And I believe that we're setting our children up for failure if we're not helping them understand their God-given design and in their God-given design, understand their God-given destiny and in their destiny, they find the freedom that they're looking for. That place of, oh, I was made for this. I have a sense that this is what God had for me. Now you might be going, okay, Ron, like raising adults and, and, and helping them understand the God-given design and their destiny, like what do I do, right? That's some of you are like, how do I do this? Well, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I've got two thoughts for you. I got two thoughts for you. The first one is this, you ready? Earth shattering moment. Ask God to give you eyes and ears for your child. I know you're like, Really, I came to church for this. Ask God to give you eyes and ears for your child. Now, this can be hard, especially when parenting feels like a gladiator match. Your kid has got you in a headlock and you want to tap out. But hear me on this. Take time, even if they're sleeping, like get up in the middle of the night when they're sleeping and go stand in the room and just ask God to give you eyes and ears for this child that he's given to you. You can even pray, God, this kid pushes my buttons all day long. I don't think I'm gonna make it. Help me see them as wonderfully made as you have designed them to be. Give me ears and give me ears to hear your whisper of what this little one that you've entrusted to me. Now, some of you may have teenagers and you're like, wow, I never thought about asking God to give me eyes and ears for this, this teenager. And so you can still do this. You can actually go into this space and you can begin to pray and ask God, give me eyes and ears to see this. One of the reasons many teenagers go off the rails and become so extremely rebellious is that they're not part of a better story. 
And part of the better story is understanding what their identity is, and we as parents can help them learn what that is to live into it. Much of their rebellion is out there searching for something to give, something to latch onto, and they often latch onto stories that pull them away from what God wants for them. Now, I know this is a shift in our understanding of our role as parents. Many of us are just in survival mode. But this child is a gift from God. And technically, they're on loan from God, right? They're a heritage of God's, they're a heritage of God. So being on loan is, okay, God, give me eyes and ears of this child that you have for this child. Second thing is this. Teach your children to hear the whisper of God's voice. Teach your children to hear the whisper of God's voice. God wants to speak to your children and he wants you to to train them how to hear his voice. This is a discipleship responsibility of a parent. And especially, I know that maybe some of us are not all faith-based foundation people that are listening to this message, but the discipleship of our children is taking them to a place of understanding how to hear the whisper of God. And I know some of us as adults don't even know how to do that, but what would it look like when we're going through life, going through struggles, going through difficulties, and we pull back and we say, okay, what does God say about you? For example, we talked about bullying. Imagine your child being bullied, or maybe you've experienced this and it's such a difficult thing. It's so, it's, it's so heartbreaking to listen to and to watch. But in those moments, when you're sitting with your child and they're heartbroken and they're crying in tears and they don't want to go to school, what would it look like to step back and say, we're going to pray about this and we're going to listen to what God says about who you are. And you just stay in that moment of silent prayer, listening, and then every once in a while just say, do you hear God's words about you? And it may be difficult and it may be hard, but I believe that's an important aspect of this. Even in seasons of anxiety, As I mentioned, one out of three children are experiencing anxiety, and and please hear me on this. I believe it's important that some of our children, yes, they need a form of healthy Christian therapy that can help them navigate the complexities of their anxieties. I am all for that. But what would it look like if I'm going to guide my child or your child into faith formation habits of listening to the voice of God? Step into those moments and help them understand that they can hear God's voice in their lives. Which leads me to my final thought on this, my final teaching. Raising adults in identity begins as we teach them about a life formed, listen to my words, a life formed in Christ as the firm foundation for true freedom. This is the, where we're going to land. Following and obeying Jesus and his teachings is a foundation for resilient, strong adults. We are seeing the hearts of children being formed right now by social platforms and systems that are telling them that their true freedom will be found in their true selves. The feeling of truth is their ultimate truth. Parenting is hard and the world system is pumping into our children from many platforms that their freedom is only found in self-expression of truth. This is why it's essential that you as a parent guide and disciple your children to understand God's identity God's and God's design, God's imprint, so that they would know God's destiny for their lives. And this starts from conception to the place where they're placed into your hands to the point where you release them from your home. 
God-given freedom is not found in being whatever and whoever you want to be. It is found in the foundation of a relationship with the one who died for your child, was buried and rose again, and his name is Jesus. See, when we're born, we have God's imprint and design within us, but that was broken due to sin. It was broken due to sin. And therefore, Jesus had to come and die on the cross to take that sin for us. And when we are in Christ, we become a masterpiece. Parents, listen, one of the greatest things that you can do is to point your child to Jesus. Now, some parents will say to me, oh, Ron, you know what? I'm kind of more open about this. I don't feel like I'm, I can do that with my child. I need to give them all the freedom so they can choose their own spirituality. Wrong answer. Like seriously, wrong answer. It breaks my heart because it scares me because the world system is not passive or neutral and you can be guaranteed that the world system will force your child away from the things of the foundation of Jesus Christ in their lives. We wanna seek the best interest for our children and a foundation in Jesus is one of those things that we are responsible for doing. Now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about, oh, you know, you pray before you eat a meal. I'm not talking about reading a few verses after you have dinner. What I'm talking about is a faith-integrated life. When you rise in the morning, when you go about your day, when you go to bed at night, every part of your life is saturated by faith in Jesus. Each moment is a teaching moment, even when your teenager hates it. It is still a teaching moment because you're depositing truth in their lives that will be applied later in life. Yes, there will be seasons where it is difficult. There will be seasons where you wonder, is it even working when it comes to building a firm foundation for your child in the name of Jesus? But I want you to understand that it's not about ritual or routine. It is about the realness of the relationship. Raising adults is no joke. Raising adults is no joke, and it is the hardest thing that you will probably ever do in your life. But parents, listen to me. You are given the responsibility and the role to be that in your child's life. It is a God-given assignment to you. These little ones are a gift from him. As much as you don't feel like they are, they are a gift from him. Don't give up. Don't abdicate your responsibility to be the one who's designed to raise this child to be a healthy, strong, resilient, faith-filled person in their adult life. Listen, I know that hearing some of these things is difficult for many of us. And there's complexity and understanding and many layers to this. But I want you to hear this. Vital Point Church is passionate about helping you as a parent to understand how you can raise healthy, strong adults. It's why we have our VPC family kids on Sunday mornings. It's why we have student ministries is we wanna partner with you as parents to help you raise adults. May we be people who lean in and seek God's help, seek each other in community to raise these adults to be those who will be resilient and healthy adults to face the challenges of the life in front of them.